Welcome to another episode of Consider This. I'm Ryan Vincent, and I have with me Drew Moss, campus minister over at Focus, and with the table are the college ministries here at Sunnybrook, and uh, I have with me Jim Johnson, lead minister at Sunnybrook. Today we're going to be talking about motivation, and uh, that sounds nebulous, and in some sense it is, but... Um, we're going to be talking about it as it relates to our obedience to to God's instructions and and our growth in Christ likeness and whether or not um, authenticity or to genuinely feel like something is worth doing and to really have your heart in it is a good thing to think through before we follow God in obedience. I hope this is helpful. Okay, Jim Andrew. Here's what we're going to talk about. Present. Present. <laughs> present. Um, one of the things that we see um, throughout, say, the book of Acts, and then even into some upcoming sermon series is a big, um, a big emphasis on not only um, right belief, but, of course, right practice relative to that belief. So a, a truly Christian ethic. Um, and we often talk about this in terms of obedience or just a pursuit of holiness. Mm-hmm. And then when that stuff becomes difficult... We, we have different ways of talking about it. And one of the ways that, we, that we, we actually start to maybe make excuses for ourselves or others, or even take that off the table, maybe just explain why it's so hard for us is because uh, of a big idea known as motivation behind certain things. And so here's, here's where, where we want to start. How important is it for us to have the right motivation when we're attempting to be obedient to God? Doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to hear from you actually first because I've been thinking about it, but I just want to make sure that I'm on that okay. we're talking well, in the same vein. Here's, here's the funny part. <laughs> Literally a few minutes ago, walking down the hall, Drew looks at us and says, "Hey, I've been doing a lot of work on this, and so I'll be the first to go." That's what he said. Drew, true. That's because true? I thought yes, okay. I said that thinking something, <laughs> and then, and then we now sat- all of a sudden we sit down at the mic and. The question is asked. Drew turns to me and goes, hey, I want to hear what you have to say about this first. <laughs> okay, so I'm just like, there's part of me going, as Ryan's talking, I'm like, I think we're talking about the same thing. Here. <laughs> but I don't know. I came ready for a Calvinism Arminianism debate. But, uh, no, <laughs> I came ready to do something very different oh, this morning. Uh, Justin's no, supposed to be here and he's yeah, sick. Exactly, that's true. And that's where, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm on the right track here, but I'd like to hear you talk. <laughs> You tell me what you think we're supposed yes, to. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so the question again? Yes, is, is yes. what? How a, important is having the right motivation for obedience, um, like a necessary qualification yeah, yeah, for yeah, obedience? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think, obviously, here, here's the thing, is that motivations matter. Sure. Like, there really does seem to be, and, and the word that we would use in terms of motivations, we would talk about having a pure intent or a pure heart or the right motivations, mm-hmm. that to do the right thing with the wrong motivations is not a good thing. We might even go to what we would consider to be some examples in the Bible that you have, and we call them Pharisees because mm-hmm. we know they're bad people, even though their name really means separate ones. So these are a group of people committed to doing the right thing. Jesus is continually exposing their true heart, though. Uh, man, you'll tithe all the way down to this, mm-hmm. right? And, he, and yet he says they're missing something. And so obviously motivations are a, are a huge part to it. And so I don't want to just say, man, um, motivations don't matter. It's doing the right thing for just doing the right thing. There's some, there seems to be something 
that's not brought up in terms of that. And I'll 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 go to a place that um, that maybe begins to uh, at least potentially trip us up. Right? Jesus seems to say, if you think that not murdering is a good thing, let me tell you what's going on inside of you. Do you desire? Uh, to to just hate and loathe someone, killing them in your in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit, like having this this hatred or this disdain for somebody, but you would never kill them. So you're obeying the law and missing the spirit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you are you able to keep adultery kind of off of your body so you're never you're never really committing adultery, but man, in your mind and in your heart, it is unbridled lust. Jesus says, your righteousness should exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. And then he gives them this example where he really moves into, say, he doesn't use the word motivations, but he seems to move that it's not just about doing the right things. It's about having the right motivations for it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, I'm going to begin the process by saying, like, motivations matter. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to, it doesn't seem like I have the freedom to go. All God cares about is that we do what he says, whether we like him in the process, whether we like our friends in the process, man, none of that matters. Just do it. Yeah. It, that doesn't seem to be, God is not the, um, he's, he's not a Nike slogan guy, yeah. right? It's not a just do it mentality. And, and let me lift up a bit of a false dichotomy to, to kind of keep, keep this ball rolling. So then are you saying that obedience is only good so long as my motives are right? Drew, what do you think about Kay. that? Let me just say here. Because I have an answer. I've been working hard on it. <laughs> and I know I promised actually to speak first. But, you know, I want to defer to Drew. Yeah. Uh, here's good news. I think I did prepare for the right topic. Yes. So, uh, here's, here's how I would you're a answer. fan favorite, so you, think, can't, you, can't, uh, you can't blow this. I think I would, in, in response to kind of both of those things, does it matter in my obedience? You know, how, how important is it? I think, as I was trying to think about how to articulate this, I think I would say, when it comes to my core motivations and over the long term, our motivations are very important, the way we do things. Um, But in the day-to-day, not so much sometimes. Hmm. And and here's how I would, you know, my best illustration of it is marriage. So one of the things I I, want to be doing in my marriage is loving and serving my wife. I want to serve my wife and put her needs before mine. And, And over the my core motivations for that, I think ought to be yeah. that uh, God has called me to, mm-hmm. and I made a promise to her that I would do those things. Mm-hmm. And I would say the third, and this is kind of over the long term, the third big one is because I love her, because I do actually have affections for her. And, and I hope that over the long term, yeah. that third yeah, one good. is growing, that, that over the course of my life, it becomes more and more natural because I, na- I love her, and so it's, I'm motivated by that love to serve her and mm-hmm. to do those things. Um, but in the day-to-day, that's not always the case. Marriage doesn't always work that way. You don't always wake up feeling just full of affection and ready to yeah. serve. And, and so in that moment, uh, I, I think I need to – I go back to the core motivations, and I go, okay, yeah, but I, I, God did call me to, and I did promise to. Yeah. And so even in this moment, if I do not, <laughs> even though I don't feel yeah. full of warm feelings and love today, I know that this is what I promised to do because God called me to. And so I will do it. Um, now, there's there, you know, like there's could be core motivations underlying that really I married her for her money. 
and that's the reason I stay with her and do nice things for her. That, that could be bad. Um, and, and also, I would say, if I never grow sure. in my yeah, love sure. for her, that's and it never, and 20 years later, I still don't have affection for her, that's not, then that's a, that's a bad thing, too. And I think that that works with, with God. Yeah. That there, that I ought to be growing in my affections for him, and there ought to be a more natural obedience that flows from loving motivations. Um, but in the day to day, there are sometimes when I just I may not be feeling. I may not feel like going to church to serve like he calls me to. Yeah. Um, but I do it because he's told me to, and because it's right in the day to day. And so I think that's how I would. Uh, how I would respond to that. And I like even the, <clears throat> I like the paradigm because although you're actually meaning both specifically marriage is a great way to think about how to stay doing the right thing and being yeah. faithful to God and faithful to our spouse. And then it's also a bit of a, uh, of a metaphor in yes. terms of like how we do it also with God. Yes. Yeah. So it yes. serves as a both. End. Let me ask you guys um, to unpack a rather famous phrase, but I think it applies here is uh, Eugene Peterson's phrase, a long obedience in the same direction. Mm. How does, a, what does he mean by that? And B, how does that apply to this motivation question? You know, I've, I've read that book I, when, I was, uh, when I was teaching at Ozark, um, and a student would say they would like to be discipled by me, um, unlike some of my friends that would have a, a collection of well-intended youths. <laughs> Drew was in a group like that. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, you know, and, and they would kind of gather together. Actually, I would walk through one-on-one -on -one with that book. And I did it with probably about five or six different guys. And it was, uh, it's interesting. The book itself isn't quite as great. If all of all of Peterson's great stuff, it's not one of my favorites. Yeah. But the overall scope of what that book tries to do is one of the best, in which he re reminds us, Drew was describing this, that, man, if your motivations never change, then something's wrong. Mm -hmm. That over the long haul, that over the, and, and it really kind of calls us in that sense to, to something that is actually much deeper that is something that is more, much more full. And so the piece that I want to kind of wrap into this, and I, I kind of want to put this back on the table, I'm beginning to see, um, here's how we're talking about our culture. People are delaying and growing up, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's not even just a Christian community thing. It's yeah. prolonged are, adolescence. Prolonged adolescence. Phrase, yeah. people, are, people are delaying that entire process. And, and as I hear people talk about that, and I talk about really what they're talking about is, is that they're not accepting responsibilities until a later age. A recent study came out that 46% of millennials are still having um, their, some of their basic needs, adult millennials, so people over the age of 26, 46% of them um, are still receiving money from mom and dad, okay, mm -hmm. for basic life needs. Um, and, and so there is this delayed accepting responsibility for what's going on. And I do believe there is a correlation um, with this, with this, I guess, this idea that you don't do something unless you really feel like it. And the more that I hear that language, right, and I might kind of go, yeah, because that's authentic. And we've mm -hmm. talked about this in a number of different podcasts. Our fascination culturally, and, and I mean myself included, it's not like I have no idea what they're talking about. I, too, believe in authenticity and genuineness yeah. and... Um, but it's now stuff. like the ultimate virtue. Man, it is the ultimate virtue. And so it's kind of jumped over some other ones. And I'm going, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't think I meant it in that way. Yeah. So the, the person that doesn't feel like it, they feel like something is wrong or broken if they do something that they don't feel like. It feels like they are violating something that is so true yeah. to them. Mm -hmm. That like if they're, you, yes. They're hypocritical. You're it's, a hypocrite. It's hypocrite for me okay. to do these things if I don't feel like it. I, I was yeah. sharing this with my mom, with a, with a, a, a friend of mine that was just describing um, his commitment to his spouse, even though he didn't really love her. 
And my mom said, she doesn't, I don't think she listens to the podcast. My mom said, my mom's like, I think 174, right? So mm. she was born, she raised Abraham Lincoln, bounced him on her knee. Wow. Yeah. Um, but so here, here's my uh, different generation. My mom said, man, that is so unfair to her. And I'm like, what? Yeah, it's so unfair that here's this friend of mine who's really struggling in his marriage and is being true and faithful, but really it's not coming from the heart. And my mom felt, and, 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 and we all do a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, at first I was shocked she said that because I was thinking it was a noble thing. And my mom says, oh, that just sounds so unfair to her. And we even yeah. feel that way. Mm-hmm. I, I encourage people to stay in a marriage. You need to stay in the marriage. But yeah, I don't know if I'm really feeling it. Well, then... Honestly, until you feel it again, maybe do it for the kids. Do it for uh, your vow that you made. Like, I can think of a lot of reasons why you might want to stay in this. And I've met a number of people that look at me, and it's almost like I'm asking them to do something terrible. Yeah. It's it's not, and they, they even say this, it's not that it's not just good to me. It's really not good to Andrea. Like, it's not fair yeah. to her. Or to the kids, though, or they might to say. The kids. I mean, Man, I will teach them how to be disingenuous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll see this marriage that's just, it's not real, it's, it's not from the shell. heart, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I find that very interesting, mm-hmm. is that we seem to have lifted up this, there's this nobility in in having a heart that is right. And as soon as the heart starts going in another direction, instead of like a child where we say, Look, when I was a kid, this is where I go back and I, I, I see this connection between the delayed adolescence. I didn't do anything I didn't want to do for the most part, or else you had to make me do it. Like you right. had to teach me like how to work hard. You yeah. had to teach me to value things that I didn't actually do. Saturday, that's cartoon day because yeah. we didn't have Nickelodeon, and so they didn't come on all the time. And I remember my dad trying to teach me, yeah, but son, we can't watch cartoons all day long. And it was almost like he was speaking a foreign language. And I, I remember being, I, this, you guys will, actually, I think you guys know me well enough, you'll, this will make sense to you. I remember being sad at that there will come a day where I won't watch cartoons on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like, oh, I know I probably will be that way. I will be so sad. It was, in the, but that's a childish mentality. Yeah, yeah. So I would even say that motivations are important to be stuck to them. Hmm. Let's not talk about it as good or bad. Mm-hmm. It might be that too. Yeah. But I think it's childish. I think it's adolescent at best, yeah. if that makes sense. The question, you know, uh, well, I'll just, Hannah Anderson writes this book called Humble Roots, which is really a great book. And uh, she has a whole chapter about authenticity and feelings and that stuff. And she talks about in that chapter, um, she says, we're all aware of pride in our pride in our accomplishments or pride over our intellect or our body or whatever but she says there is a pride that prioritizes our emotions as the source of truth um (laughs) and i think that's such a great line you know what i mean this pride that goes well god says this or reality is this but what i will hold to is what i feel that's where truth comes from yeah. is what I think in this. Wow! And so, and I've so, liked her other works. I don't yeah. know. I don't know that one. I'll have yeah. to get it. Yeah, it's really great. good. Um, but but and that is that is like the marriage that goes um, regardless of God telling me that I ought to stick with this marriage thing. I believe that what is that that would be wrong for me to do if it is not lined up with my feelings of love for her. Um, and so what the, my, the source of truth is how I feel and I need to stay true to that. And there is, yeah, that's, yeah. that's prideful because I'm placing my own feelings over. And that's where, when you say, uh, there's a fascination with motivations that can be, 
um, immature and childish. Yeah, yeah. It's when we're talking about feeling motivations rather than factual motivations. Yeah. So h- how much am I feeling this right now? Yeah. Rather than it's rather like circumstantial instead of conviction rather, based. Yeah, rather yeah. than the yeah, factual of kind of like my motivation is not how I feel. It's just that I committed to this. Yeah. It's just that God called me to it and I'll, I'll do it because that's what I'm called to. You know what I mean? So. I really like that this is not ending up being, yeah, your emotions don't matter or they matter you know, absolutely and, and 100%, but there's, there's some wisdom here in terms of motivations over the long haul are probably really important to evaluate and root in some convictions, yep. and yet they, they should not be subject to temporal, situational things. Like, mm-hmm. my motivations go up and down with how well my kids are behaving that day, mm-hmm. and that, that makes me a rather unstable person if that's what I'm using to base decisions on. Well, think about it with your kids, right? I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've seen your kids a couple times lately. Man, they like to have fun. Oh, my goodness. And they really love to play. And I, so I can only imagine because it's been a while since I've had my kids. But I remember kind of struggling with. But if I said to Matthew, hey, here's what we're going to go do. And I gave them like a more of, say, an adult type task. Mm-hmm. And Matthew doesn't want to do it. He, do, he doesn't want to do it. What, what is wrong with him? And I would say in this, in this realm, I don't know if there's anything wrong with him. He's childish. He's childish. It's not bad. And so does he want to does he want to listen to me? Well, kind of, but you don't understand like he really wants to go play on his iPad. That's what he wants. Um, and so he really doesn't want to come help me pick up all the trash that's kind of littered yeah. throughout the sanctuary. And, hey, let's clean this together. He doesn't go, that's what I so want to do. <laughs> He's like, oh, do I have to do like yeah. that? Just that slouching Aww. shoulder. Oh, why do I have to do this? Um, and what's interesting is, is that <clears throat> what what wisdom brings and then what maturity brings is that we don't just even label that as like terrible. It's not terrible for Matthew to feel that way. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's even, I wouldn't even look at your kid and go, dude, what is wrong with your kid? <laughs> Man, I'll tell you. I might. <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with your child. Yeah. But what? he need, So there's nothing wrong with his emotions. I don't go, you know, Matthew, here's the problem. Your emotions are evil. I don't even say that. I go, you know what, what what is happening inside of you is that you've got this desire to have fun and you've got this desire to do what you want to do. And what grown-ups do, what it means to mature, what it means to gain wisdom, what it means is to realize that there's more to life like that. Because if we all lived like that... (laughs) We wouldn't have things like electricity, and we wouldn't have we wouldn't have people that have jobs that that produce back for society. Those things <clears throat> would would disappear as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about emotions being good or bad. It's about this emotion that I have to really go have fun today. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, great, but you do know it's a work day. <laughs> yeah, and so it's 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 prioritizing, and so disciplining it's, your it's motivation, disciplining my motivations, or even at times like disciplining my emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we think our emotions, we label them as bad. It's not your emotions are bad. They will lead you astray. Maybe. Mm -hmm. But even then that, that, you know, it's so it's a little I think it's a little more complicated than that. Okay. so now we've introduced we have emotions next to motivation. And and obviously they have they have some overlap. So I'll let you guys kind of talk about either one as as you see fit. But here's here's one thing that we we probably need to work through is um, say I'm a first century Pharisee. And Jesus says, I don't like your motivations. That might be news to me. I might not have known that I had bad motivations. There's, there's, a, there's a wickedness that accepts poor motivation and does what one wants. And then there is a, a naivete that says, like, I didn't realize that my motive. So how do we um, develop a way where we can accurately assess 
whether or not our motivations are good or bad or whether or not like my emotions are driving things more than they ought to. How do I, how am I, how do I know? Yeah, I think that's, that's one of those things that can is, is good, especially when it comes to back, I'll go back to like core motivations to what's at the source of where I'm wanting. I, I need to, I need to think through those, but it can sometimes uh, get us stuck if we spend all our time thinking through those. I, mm. you know, I was thinking about first Corinthians four, where Paul talks about how I care very little what people judge me. He says, yeah. I, he yeah. says, I don't even yep. judge myself. <laughs> and he says, the truth is, I, I don't know of anything against me, but, and so I, you know, I, I think I'm in the clear, but that doesn't equip me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he goes and says, um, the Lord, when he comes, will reveal, what does he say? Like the, he will disclose the motivations of the heart. Yeah. I can't remember if it's the yeah. motivations of the heart or the purposes of the heart. That's the word. But yeah. I think that's the idea, the motivations yeah. of the heart. Yeah. So in some sense, Paul goes, not that motivations don't matter. He says, I mean, we're going to be judged for those things. And it's it's in the middle of a, a text where he's judging his opponents for their motivations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, he's telling the Corinthians, these these teachers are coming and they're just trying to, they're just trying to make themselves great. Yep. They're just trying to be impressed. They're, you know what I mean? So he's judging. He's not saying it doesn't matter. He's just saying, to some degree, I may not ever 100% know exactly what's going mm-hmm. on there. Um, I do know that I love Jesus. I do know that Jesus has called me to be the apostle to the Gentiles, and so I'm going to do that. And, and I'm going to work through those things. And, and again, I don't think he would say I never pause to discern those things in myself. Yep. Um, I, I think he does try and ask, but I think he comes back mostly to the core. Am I doing it for the praise of God or for the mm. praise of men? Am I doing it? He goes back to those more than, like I said, the day to day. Well, am I really in it for the right reasons yeah. this morning? Am I really in it for the right, you know what I mean? And, and so he, I, I don't know. I think Paul would say, I, I, am, I am not aware. As I look at myself, I'm not aware this is a major thing. But I think he would also say, I don't know that I will ever 100% know. Right. And so I move forward with the things, you know what I mean, things that I have in front of me. So. Well, and that's, I think, one of the difficulties. And this is, this is part of this question and why it's so important is because I know people that evaluate and then evaluate and then evaluate. And, and by the way, I, I'm still trying to decide whether or not I'm going to help uh, the person on the side of the road. I need to check my motivations. Yeah. And I like using the Good Samaritan as a kind of a good example. So I see this guy in need, and I'm not going to walk by him, but, uh, but before I help him, though, I need to make sure. Yeah. And so I spend my time there. Like, why am I doing this? Well, I'm doing this for, well, I mean, number one, he looks like he could use some help. And that's, yeah, but am I just doing that so that I can use this as an illustration later in a sermon? Am I using this? Am I even just doing this so that I can feel better about myself? Wow. And this guy's bleeding out. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm wrestling with this. And I would say part of what Drew is describing is an acknowledgement that I have limits to what I can even know. Mm. And so one, I think one of the reasons why the Apostle Paul says, yeah, I'll let the Lord do that at the end is because the Apostle Paul, well-schooled in how the Bible teaches things, knows that the heart is deceitful. Mm-hmm. Knows that, and, and, and for the heart, by the way, they, they aren't just even talking about emotions. That concept of the heart is the mixture of the intellect and the emotive. So the, the, Jewish, the Jewish world doesn't have like a separate word for mind and a separate word for heart and a separate word for thought and a separate word for emotion. They didn't kind of divide that up. The Greek world divided that more up than the Jewish world did. Mm-hmm. And so I think what the Apostle Paul is describing is that like, there is, a, there is either a, an inability for me to know or there's even a, a deceitfulness within me that keeps me from being fully aware, mm-hmm. right? And so he says, man, there are going to be things that are really, really clear. There are 
man, the only reason why I'm doing this, the only reason why I'm giving to this is because they're going to put my name on the plaque. That's the only yeah. reason why I'm doing it. Actually, because if they don't put the name on the plaque, I ain't giving. Like, that's obvious. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of people that I have to deal with or the vast majority of things that I have to deal with, man, it is not that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Jim, do you like standing up on Sunday and do you like the attention or do you like proclaiming the word of God? And I can tell you um, it is it, by in a, in a vast majority of cases, it is I really enjoy teaching the word of God. And one of the ways in which I even know that is, Drew, you're preaching this week. Man, I'm so excited to come. I'm not. Hes- I'm actually even more excited right now because I've been talking for a while. Kind of want to hear somebody else speak, and I'm looking forward to what he's going to be preaching. Wow. Okay. So, man, my motivations. But I do like. Right. I do mm-hmm. like. But again, then I have to say, but do I like it because you know it seems to be working? Like, I mean, I had a great email from somebody saying that last week's message blessed them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's kind of why I like it. Okay, but do I just like that because I help? I mean, where does this rabbit trail yeah, end? Yeah. No, I, you know, one of the things I'd say to someone who's struggling to, like, figure out what their proper motivations are is kind of a join the club, you know, in a sense of. <laughs> I, I, go back to, I go back to what Jim said, and I, I am very aware. I, like, I'm just naturally a people pleaser that I, I naturally want people to like me. And so I'm very aware that when I speak uh, here or elsewhere, that there's always underlying the motivation. There's always somewhere mixed in a desire to be impressive to people. Yeah. And and I used to try to spend my time weighing the percentages because I know that there's also <laughs> a desire to to communicate God's word for yeah, the sure. benefit of the church. Sure. And so I used to try and spin it. Okay, but is it like, am I like 51% to be impressive or <laughs> is it 22% and is that too much and all of those things? And, and finally now I, I try to just with that recognition, I try to just come with God and repent of what I notice yeah, is there yeah. in me and just say, God, I know, I know that my motives aren't hundred percent pure. And, and the truth is I can't even kind of Psalm 19, 12, who can discern their hidden errors? Like I don't, <laughs> I don't even know to what degree yeah. these are, how much of this is sinful, but Lord, I, I do know that I also want your people to be built up. I do know that I want to speak your word. And so Lord, would you take, the mess that is all of me, including my mixed motivations, and 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 do something with that, and yeah. help me help me to care less about these. And again, back to the core. If I ever, I think if I look and I just start to notice this is taking over, oh, I'm yeah. trying to build a platform my, for myself. I'm taking a lot of speaking gigs so that people will know me, or I'm trying to climb the ministry ladder or something. Mm-hmm. Then I think I need to go. And there have been times actually. I've, I remember sitting and talking to Scott one time and saying, "Hey." This doesn't even concern you, but I need to confess to somebody that I found myself real caught up with what people think of me as I mm. speak. And and if that ever becomes a thing that I, I think I do need to talk to people, and there might be a time yeah, where I got to step awesome. back and go, I shouldn't be preaching for a little yeah. while. Or even, and by the way, it doesn't even, sometimes it's easier for us to see spotlight situations, but this could stay very private. I mean, I know a lot of moms that take a tremendous amount of pride for just how well they take care of their kids. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, I want you to realize, and is that your motivation? And what's interesting is, is on the things that matter most to us, we don't give up on them, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I've never met a mom who, if, if I catch the her and I say, but really, how much pride do you have? And let's say they're being very vulnerable and God even gives them additional insight and discernment. And they go, you know, 
I, I just realized, yeah, I am taking a lot of pride in being a good mom. I'm going to stop caring for my kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, they don't do that, right? Yeah. They're like, well, I, yeah. okay, I'm going to have to work on my motivation side. A real godly woman, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to work on my motivational side, but I've still got to take care of my kids. Like, yeah. I'm not going to stop the doing answer that. Is, the answer is don't stop. The answer is repent and feed your kids. Yes. yes. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. The answer is repent and bring them to school. Yeah. You know what I mean? And be a mom that does all the right things for the better motivations. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, it's bringing those things to the table that um, that we need to do. So Drew's Drew's uh, example there of having even people in your life that mm -hmm. would even say those things to you. Um, I, I've always had people in my life. I have a wife that is so good at this that is not impressed by me. Um, that is able to kind of help me keep my motivations in check. Um, I have friends that have no. I mean, sitting in this room, I have three great friends that would have no problem saying, "Dude, I I do see this in you, and yeah. it's it doesn't look like Christ, and you got to deal with it." Another really, I think, kind of everyday example that most of us could relate to is we were having lunch with um, Ebert yesterday, and he said that he did not do a lot of really wicked things in high school for literally no other reason than Stillwater's a small town and people would find out. <laughs> and I thought, A, that's a, that's, a, that's a high school way of thinking about it. But I'm also glad that God protected you from certain sins that sure, way. Sure. And then now you get to repent and maybe maybe work for the Lord's pleasure instead of so that Drew won't think less of you. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's another example of eh, not the greatest motivations in the world. I wouldn't even say the worst motivations in the world. I, I, I do think like a uh, public opinion and kind of remaining above reproach is an important thing. Well, but even going back as, as with that as an example, and you know Justin, since he's not here, let's let's kind of both throw him under the bus but lift him up as well mm -hmm. like i know how much he loves his parents so when he says everybody's going to find out it's not like uh and i also hate my mom and dad and i resent this he's going no it's more complicated than that yeah. I, i've even talked to my own kids about their their uh their brokenness and i remember my my two of my children i won't say which ones but it was the firstborn and the secondborn i'll let you guys if you know they made some choices that my third one didn't make and i remember talking to him about it and i'm like man max I'm so glad you decided to follow the Lord's will more in your life and be more obedient. And he looked at me and he just said, yeah, you, you know why? And I said, no. And he goes, because I kind of did the math and like there was no real benefit in doing it. And I saw the pain that it caused mom. And it wasn't like this because I wanted Christ to be formed in me. <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, but he's 16. And he saw kind of just kind of some of the, the, the turmoil that existed in our home. And he That's did actually wise for a 16-year-old exactly. to come to that conclusion. Exactly. He came to that conclusion. And I didn't go, oh, well, then I wish you would have just been a terrible kid. I went, wow, okay. And I really even appreciate his honesty. That yeah. what he did was he did the math and it didn't pay off. And so he didn't do it. Yeah. And I would hope that at 21, 22, however old he is, that he has new and yes. maybe deeper and richer reasons yes. for not doing those yes. things. Yes. So it's uh, that's why I think after you're done going, so why is that, Drew? I think you and I could spend a lot of time evaluating. Let's say you came back from speaking at CIY and we're talking about what's going on. I think as we began to talk, we could chase rabbits all day long about feelings about feelings and thoughts about thoughts and reflections upon reflections, which is a healthy thing to do. But I would say we need to do it in a repetitive, let's make sure that we stay faithful to what God has called yeah. us to do format, as opposed to let's put the kibosh on everything fix ourselves perfectly, and then move forward. So once we've kind of recognized a, um, a, a less than noble motivation or um, some sort of emotional drive to do something, you guys have mentioned um, like repentance is key, and that, that's clear. Um, but 
that bringing others into the discussion is helpful. Any, any, any other advice for how to um, allow the Lord to start forming you in a different direction? I think just on the on the emotional front, there's, you know, I, I go back to C.S. Lewis's the best thing to do if you realize you don't love someone is act as though you did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's not talking about being hypocritical. He's just talking about letting your heart follow your body. And yeah. it's just like I'm, I'm going to do all the while praying that God is changing my heart and motivations while I do it. I'm just going to do it and let it start and, and, and let that be part of the process in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because going back to the Good Samaritan story, if you were to read the Good Samaritan, it begins with what must a person do to inherit eternal life? That's the, that becomes the question. What must a person do? Jesus tells this story and nowhere in this story does Jesus describe anybody's motivations. But he says, but it is it is this one. It is the Samaritan that does that which is right, mm-hmm. and you know we go well. But he must have had the best motivations. I have no idea what his motivations were. His motivations are not even in the uh, you know on the on the docket, and so it's not that motivations don't matter, but obedience really matters. And I I, I like this particular challenge, is that when when you're trying to be true to yourself, going back to what you were describing about being true to myself. There might be something more important. So one of the reasons why I don't do something if my motivations aren't pure is because I love myself too much. Mm. But I'm not called to love myself first. I'm called to love God, love others as I love myself. And so to just re- to walk through that and to then love convictionally, and then there's a motivational aspect of that, obedience to God, and then to love my brother who is stranded on the, my neighbor who is stranded on the side of the road. And when my motivations aren't pure to walk away because my motivations aren't there. Now, most people would go, well, no, that one I'll go ahead and do. And I'll say, yeah, it's the other things that, 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 yeah, I, I heard this as an example recently too. I just, I don't know a lot of people that only go to work when they feel like it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know a lot of people that only blah, blah, blah when they feel. And there's lots. I would even challenge you, if you're wrestling with this, to take a really good note at the things you automatically do that you would do something else if you could. And then begin to realize, why am I not consistent in my own life? And yeah. not to check your motivations, but to je- definitely check like where your heart is. Because that's yeah. a little bit of what... Of, of what will reveal the truth when you're looking for God's will all the time, but yet you never ask that question about, am I going to go upstairs and watch TV? Cause that's just a given. Mm-hmm. When I look for motivations, I hear this all the time. I don't know if I'm going to go on that mission trip because my motivations aren't pure. Or I don't know if I should be teaching that class right now. Cause I don't know if my motivations are fully there. I think they're a little bit more self-centered, mm-hmm. but yet they don't say, you know, I think I'm going to take like four months off work to make sure that I'm really doing it for the right motivations. I never have. I've never had anybody say that to me. Why do you think we make that seemingly arbitrary distinction? Is it is it arbitrary, or is there like a reason that we take this maybe uh, a, a sacred realm of our lives and we have different ways of dealing with it than our job? Because teaching a teaching a Sunday school class, going on a mission trip is spiritual, and going to work is is like physical. It's worldly. Hmm. Instead, and by the way, I'm not saying that's true. <laughs> I'm just saying that's how they read it. Okay. And so it's it, there are there are those elements that seem to have a more volitional. And by the way, I would even say our heart is exceedingly wicked. And so we're going to find ourselves gravitating to ways in which please us best, which by, it goes back to the idea. You really act like a child when yeah. your motivations are what 
motivate you. I, I, I know. Boom. I, I can. Go. No, no, no. No, wait. Okay. Drop I'm, your mic. I'm going to say it again. What is it? Steve, do you remember something? <laughs> it's you're childish because I, I didn't even have this prepared, but this it sounded good as it was coming out of my mouth. But no, let's ruin it now. Uh, <laughs> anyway, rewind it. When your motivations you're are like what motivate child, you, when your motivations are what motivate you. Yeah, that was really good. I bet it was better the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you it was. Um, I un- unfortunately, uh, there's there's. I know more people than than I would like to count that treat scripture as something that um, they engage with on a rather seldom basis because it I just I'm not into it. I feel like I'm just reading to finish, <laughs> yeah. you know, the yeah. reading plan. And it's still better than not reading to finish, <laughs> you know, and, and, yeah. and, it, and there's yeah. I, maybe we need to have another podcast about it, um, it as a follow up. But there is something so um formational that the spirit uses whenever we start to discipline our habits around godly things such as sitting under the authority of the word of god and just letting god speak to you um there's something about doing that when your motivations just aren't with it and you just don't really enjoy it you don't feel like you're getting much out of it but over time letting the spirit it's like someone who's trying to get off of soda pop they've got to they they have to like learn to like water again and then all of a sudden they taste that first Coca-Cola and it's like, that is gross. Why did I ever yeah, like that? Stings. Yeah, that burns. <laughs> um, and, and maybe this is our water in a lot of cases. So we've got to learn to like this again and, and develop a taste for it. One more thing. Um, where are we, What are some maybe examples um, or illustrations of how when we, when we overemphasize our emotions, we start to make bad decisions? I've seen it. I mean, we talk about marriage stuff, but I I have seen those where it's just where uh, people say, man, it's it's inauthentic for me to stay in this or it's inauthentic. It's not real for me to if I feel like that girl over there is hot. What like it's inauthentic for me to not just say that to my wife or if I find my wife unattractive or those yeah, I've, I've she had, wants me to be honest. I've had conversations with those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, um, and I remember talking to a college student one time talking about how. Uh, the reason he wasn't coming to church anymore was because he felt like it would be hypocritical. He wasn't. Fe- he didn't feel like it when he woke up on Sunday mornings. I didn't feel like yeah. worshiping God. I don't feel like, and so if I went, I would just be a hypocrite. Um, I'd love for his boss to tell him, "I don't feel like paying oh, you." Dude, yes. I can't. That's <laughs> part that is so fascinating to me. It's like, wow, yeah. that is so selectively chosen. We don't. We don't. Like you said, we don't call into our work and say, you know, it would be really uh, just disingenuous of me to go into work today because I don't feel like it or we don't call people hypocrites when they when they do their job even if they don't feel like it yep. we we actually there's something that's somewhat yes. kind of respectable about yes. that yep. yes. um, I didn't feel like going into the gym today yeah. but you know what I did it yes wow yes. that's called discipline yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but because it's spiritual we do we feel like there's something that I'm, I'm trying to and again there is something to like if that kid is going I mean, I still wouldn't tell him to not go, but if that kid yeah, is so yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. I'm doing it simply to build up a facade of righteousness so that people will think I'm awesome yeah. and so that I can, uh, whatever, develop business relationships or whatever you want to say. That's somewhat I mean? fair say. Then I go, yeah, that's the that's, kind of stuff Jesus yes, talking uh, about. I go, okay, man, that's wrong. I still think you need to go, but let's. we really need to deal with this. Yeah. Um, but if he's going, man, on, there's Sundays I wake up and I don't feel like it. I go, uh 
dude, I still let's let's grow in this. I want over the again over the long term, over the long yeah. haul. I want that to grow in you to where you where you naturally want to be here. But that can't happen unless you start coming and mm-hmm. start wanting to do uh, start start doing those things even when you don't feel like it. So I like to think about it in layers of convictions. So um, I have the immediate conviction I'd rather sleep in. And then I've got another conviction that says, no, I really don't want to be late for this meeting. Okay, that one's bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my bigger motivation is yeah. to be faithful. My bigger motivation is yeah, to do the, the cor- right thing. Because the core under I don't want to be late is um, I have a job that I'm supposed to do and I'll do it. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. And, and, it's it's like, and, I, and I want to do it well. And yeah. so there, and, and by the way, you, then you can begin to dissect all of those. And so I'm, I'm, I get that. But at the very core, thinking about even in terms of faithfulness to my wife, you know, I, I dream of, and now that it's, it's happened, but I so wanted to sit at my children's weddings and to look at my wife and to know that I've been faithful. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why I was faithful to her. Um, and so I, I would think long term. And so why have you been faithful to Andrea? I don't know if I've always felt it every day, but in the end I had a conviction deeper than that, that if I wasn't just flying through, but I was stopping and checking on things, If you're, what is your deepest motivation? My truly deepest motivation is to bring glory and honor to God. Yeah. Um, and I really want to do that. And then uh, at any kind of mix up in my heart on that, I only trust with him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, a weird place that I gain some, some, uh, kind of renewed motivation almost every time I'm at one is at a funeral hmm. when I'm hearing someone's life being summarized and whether they were a, a believer or not, I, I, I kind of start thinking about, I wonder what they will be able to say hmm. about God in me hmm. when I bite the bullet. And that that motivates me to to remain faithful to him, and and not that's not the only thing, but it's sure. it's one little it's thing, thing. And, and it's a, a somewhat regular reminder that there is a there's a long a long game, a long obedience that we're all um, on here. I hope this has been helpful. This is actually, I believe, because I I only recently found out that I was a part of this, but I believe this is. A, a part of a, a little series oh, yes, yes. where we're going to be analyzing some things and, and, and raising some questions in terms of how we interact with God, whether that's in obedience and in prayer and, and discerning the Spirit's will, things like that. Um, the next couple of episodes of Consider This um, are going to be on those kinds of topics. So if you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to steve at sunnybrookcc.org, and uh, we will see you next time.